Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by L.A. Finch Fabrics. Go to LAFinchFabrics.com and use code SUMMERSALE for 20% off your entire order. More details later on in the episode. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. Today we're going to talk about applique. We were oh, kind of apply. In, we were going to, we were inspired by our mending episode, right? Well, I, think I believe that was it. It yes. was a good impetus to sort of talk about applique. Um, yeah, so ZD said to apply applique. Uh, to put it's a French word, right, fabric. Mallory? Yes, the French word. I know. I don't know then the other origins of the word. I should have looked it up. My history of English podcast, because you know, I'm all I'm still into that. I'm not all caught up yet. I shared some links to that podcast uh, on social media, and he often will discuss things about sewing and making and clothing because, of course, people have been sewing and putting clothing on themselves probably from around the time you know before we started when we first got cold talking you know so <laughs> anyway when somebody first got cold yeah or, or, or no i think like sat on a rough log yeah oh yeah Hello. Or a pointy rock right or, okay so do you, think, do you think like it, what came first like something to cover your butt or something to cover your feet like you Good know because like i bet well i don't know i mean probably your butt because I bet, I bet people's feet were feet pretty Feet were like good. big old yeah, leathery, callousy yes. things. <laughs> like a, yeah, yeah. I, but but if your butt was out in the elements, it would be like, you know, it would it would be pretty you rough know, too. But this has way prehistoric. <laughs> I mean, so he he starts this history of language from the, you know, original Indo-European language. Right. So clothing is, started before that yeah i would i would say so, so we'll never know because clothing started before language. before language i right. would imagine people were kind of covering i mean shoot fish use tools you know i mean an octo <laughs> an octopi you know use tools and they don't have clothes yet so um, right. or they don't they don't have language yet <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> um but oh, yeah boy 
I bet somebody's like listening to this really, in their car or on the run going, oh my God. I really would recommend that podcast. And uh, what if it's somebody listening to it the first time and goes, I thought this was a sewing, sewing pod- podcast. Who are these people? They can leave a nasty review on iTunes. <laughs> or excuse right. me. Get, get out all your frustrations. Apple Podcasts. Go, please review the podcast. Get, get out your frustrations Lovely. on our uh You interrupted section. me a lot last episode, so people, somebody's going to... Um, you know, uh, I think it was the other that. way around. You were making fun of me about girls. There's a Scouts, record. About There's a, a record. We can go listen. Maybe someone has enough time on their hands where they could like count. You know how people have counted like women are interrupted this many times <laughs> by men in you know the courtroom or in the meeting or whatever. You know, too many times is how many times they're interrupted. You know, you know who who didn't get interrupted in school or who wasn't afraid to raise her hand in school and talk and stuff. Me. I was going to say, <laughs> us. <laughs> there, there are statistics no, I'm out that, there. I'm that, I'm that girl that, like, the teacher would move, like, people around me right. so I wouldn't talk. Well, then I would find talk, new people talk to talk to. to. Other people. I would thought it was great when she moved people. I mean, I feel like So then I got to talk to somebody else. The statistics are, the statistics are valid. They are good to know. I know that my personal experience doesn't invalidate those things. But, man, <laughs> I, I'd interrupt me some boys all the time. Shoot. Okay. No surprise. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Actually, so I'm starting a new little job, and I had to take a communications survey. We're going to have to mark this episode explicit. Now, I've taken the Myers-Briggs personality, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. If you're an I-O-X-U or whatever. I can't remember what yeah, I was. The letters are. But basically it Introvert, said, extrovert, whatever. Yeah, yeah, basically it said I was a judgmental bitch. Okay. <laughs> and then I take this communication survey. I bet survey. I would get the same thing. Yeah. Did we commu- get the same thing on the Myers Briggs? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm sure. And I we can't did. even remember what I actually am. I can't either. I know I'm an extrovert. I wrote yeah. my own. Uh, I wrote, I, did I, you make you up know, your own test? Yeah. Well, I wrote my own <laughs> result, which the judgmental bitch result, and then I take this communications test. I was like, it's gonna say I'm a loud bitch, and it did. It's, a, it's like congratulations. <laughs> And congratulations. this is self-reported data, right? Congratulations. You know? You're exactly what you thought yep. you were. I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, so moving on. What are we talking Applique. We're talking about applique. <laughs> so what is the difference between – no, 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 no. We're going to move on. I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> Welcome to Loud Bitch Applique. <laughs> loud Bitch times two. <laughs> okay. Loud Bitch and Loud Bitch Offspring Applique. <laughs> I mean, an applique is a patch, right? Which, which people would like to put over our mouths. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a patch. It's just a patch. When people, no, keep going. People say to, Jer- to Jerry, that, who is my husband, Mallory's father, they go, you don't talk much. And he goes, don't have to. Don't have- <laughs> or when I asked Derek to edit the podcast one time, or to tra- not edit, transcribe. You know, I was like, hey, can you, can you, drink? <laughs> and he was like, tried. And he's like, I have to listen to you guys all the time. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. All right. Appliques are patches. If you are wanting to get into applique, okay, do, don't be afraid. You just need to have some knowledge of your fabrics. Right, mom? Right? Yeah. It's. We're going to talk to you. There are some special considerations. But I had somebody in the group say something like, I want to add this design something, but I don't know how to applicate, so I just don't want to do that. you right. know. And I was like, oh, well, I, I would love to demystify this 
for people. Okay. Okay. Or I'd love for us to talk about it. So, first, I think of you're going to need to know about fabrics. Mm-hmm. Let's say stabilizers, right? Thread and various glue products, Threads. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and 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 stitches. And stitches. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There is hand applique, uh, hand turned applique, where you, you know, you press over the edge of something, like a template. Okay, so you can have these shapes, whatever shape. It's a heart. It's a leaf. It's a letter. It's right. a whatever. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, how this works is there's some kind of like cardboard template, and then you cut out around it with some kind of seam allowance, and you press that over, and then you can go. Um, like ladder stitch it onto right ladder or blanket or stitch. blanket or whatever hand stitch. Some you people call use. it applique stitch. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. it's usually done. I guess more than often with a decorative thread, like maybe a contrasting thread. Well, either. unless they're trying to do like invisible. Well, that's true. You know, right. where, where they're trying right. to make to it. A, or like a monochrome type yes. thing. Yeah. yeah, or they're trying to make it look like it's part but, of the fabric. But you so. will, you, you take note of the stitch. Yes. I mean, the stitch is important. It's supposed to be consistent. Yep. Uh, you know, you're taking the same bite out of, each, you know, each stitch and it's the same distance and all that. So it should look intentional right yes so that uh not all hand applique is that with that pressed over edge right okay here's where we're going to come into there is a raw edge applique uh, yes raw edge actually that's not what i was going to say what are you going to call it no that yes thank you um uh, so raw edge and then raw edge woven applique like if you're using a woven fabric you're going to get a little bit of fraying right maybe you like this so there, you're going to decide how close you want your stitch, how mm-hmm. far away you want it. So if the stitch is closer, you're going to get less fraying. Right. Okay. And I guess on this, the other thing that you might be using is if, you, if you're if you going to use um, a, a iron-on right. type product where you're basically sort of ironing glue onto the back of it, right? Right. And then you... you you know, so one side is like waxed and one side is glued or whatever. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little right, bit. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and so that though it won't fray so so right. much so because glue that down. glue is on that fabric. Okay. Yeah. And then you could be raw edge appliquing something like felt. Yes. That uh, which like, is not gonna matter. Right. And wool felt applique is right. having another it's another thing that's like kind um, of coming back. Did you do that in Girl Scouts? The most <laughs> Actually, we did do a lot of felt crap. Okay, so anyway, that's, that's hand applique. If we're going to make this explicit, I'm going all the okay, way. Okay, well, let's let's talk about, so that's hand applique. Right. We're not going to. Go in depth. Go, there, yes, there is so much you could learn. Great, hand applique. We are going to talk more about We machine. are sewing machines. We are sewing, I am a sewing machine. I am a sewing machine. So we're going to talk a little bit more about machine applique. Right. Here. Um. And I think we should touch on embroidery applique too. Absolutely, right? Uh, because it can be embroidery. Machi- if you ha- so, this is if you have an embroidery unit that fits mm-hmm. on your machine, or you have an embroidery machine specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about how to get your shapes onto your fabric. Let's get into some of that glue. Uh huh. You want to do that? Glue. Yeah. Like some of the gluey products, adhesive right. products, adhesive products. So. We've got let's let's get to your knit applique in a little bit. 
because uh-huh. uh, let's let's talk about that um, later. Well, okay. If I'm going to applique with my machine, yeah. My first thought is, what I want to put my fabric, mm-hmm. my whole piece of fabric, on some sort of stabilizer. Okay. Right. That adds glue to the back of it. Your whole patch. My your whole patch. applique. You yes. said fabric, and oh. I was thinking like your okay. Base no, fabric. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about yeah. Whatever is going to be applied. The, yes. The fabric that is going to be applied, I put onto some sort of stabilizer, and it may or may not, right, mm-hmm. add a glue backing. Okay. Okay. So some of this stuff is got a glue side that I put on the back yeah, of let's my talk, fabric, Let's right? talk about some, some products. So right. there are fusible webs out there right. that can be, like, encased in paper. Right. They're on one side of the paper. Or papers on one side of them. Well, it can be on both sides. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it can be on both sides. So I actually did this in the class. I I demoed like three different types of fusible web, but actually there's like a million types of fusible web. So uh, there are. Follow the manufacturer's instructions. There are fusible webs that come in like eight and a half by 11 sheets that you can print on. Yes. Okay. Like that you can really, you know, make things easy on yourself. But like one of the uh, types of fusible web that we would sometimes use was called steam a seam. Okay. And we had it on a big roll. It's on a roll. So it's like sheeting. Yeah. So we would cut yardage. Like a paper sheet. Yeah. We cut yardage of this. So what it was, it was a layer of this waxy paper and then a layer, literally the words, Fusible web. It was webbed glue. Like glue just webbed glue all over it. Right. That had been right. webbed. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then yeah. another piece of paper. Just, right. Like spidery webbed. So you could peel off one side of the paper, smack it on your applique. Right. And you had a few options at this point. Right. Okay. You could like fuse it actually. So you're using heat. Yeah. And you're fusing to the back of the applique fabric. Mm-hmm. Wrong what, side. To the I wrong do, side of the, applic- the fabric. Right. right. Like, And what I would do, let's say I'm going to do a heart. Right. Okay. So I would cut out like a square of fabric right. and a square of my steam seam. Right. And peel off one layer of paper, fuse that square. Right. Okay. To it. And then I would cut out my heart. And now I have a well, heart. Well, wait, wait, wait. What I would do is uh-huh. I would turn that over first, and I would transfer my heart shape okay. on the back on of the your paper, paper piece, right? Well, Because I, I now have a paper on there. Yeah, you could do that before or after you fused it. You could draw on the paper. Yes. And then yeah, you're going to you cut could. it out. But what I'm, yes. So what I have is I have a piece of paper. Uh-huh. There's glue. glue. So, so there's paper, glue, fabric. Yep. And if I, if I take the paper side up, Yep. I can make a shape, uh, draw a shape on my paper, and then I can cut out my shape. Yes. Yes. Okay, and then you can cut out your shape. Right. Easier because I, I don't want to draw my shape on the face of my fabric. Right. In case I get the ink nice or the pad, you know, whatever. That. Right. So I do it on the back. So if I'm doing a letter, I want to do it in mirror image. That's right. right? Or if you want your turtle to face one way. Right. Or right. Whatever. So you have to think about it if you're on the back of that. It needs yep. to be in mirror image. Great. And so now what you have is you have this little sandwich. It's fabric. It's glue. It's this waxy paper. Right. And then then you can take it over to your big base fabric. Your That's right. Your quilt, your t-shirt, your sweatshirt, whatever. Right. You can peel off your paper backing, fuse it down. It's ready to go. Right. And with the 
the Steamaseam, that particular product, actually, you can move it around. It it's will sort of semi-replaceable. Se- yeah, you can p- with without you. But as soon as you hit heat, you're fused yeah, forever. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Before you, so you could peel off the paper and kind of test right. it a few places. Now, right. there are some other types of fusible web like Steamaseam, right? That are uh, just like different weights. Um, yes. They come in those paper sheets. Yes. Or it's sort of yeah, and then there can be some that are tackier. That's They're correct. like a sticker. Yes. <clears throat> almost. And then they become heat, blah, 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 whatever. And then there are fusible webs like the product Misty Fuse. And it's just fusible web. But it's not as sticky as the steam no. seam. It's, it's more it's fibrous. It's like this little web of glue. It's like spider web. Yeah, it's really yeah. bizarre. It feels like a fabric almost. Right. A very, uh-huh. very lightweight. But there's no paper on either no, side. No, there's no paper. You get it folded up in right. a little thing okay uh like in a little plastic yeah. bag um and that misty fuse stuff actually comes in white and black yeah because they're thinking you're going to use it on right. something finer i guess right and and that is what we used it on usually was shears so yeah. you really can't fuse the misty fuse it needs to be all done in one step. right it's a one-stepper it's a one-step process right. how i have seen that more fabric-like stuff used mm-hmm. before which i thought was a neat application was to put it on the right side of the fabric. Let's pretend you want to make a heart or a circle. Uh-huh. And you sew around it. You sew uh-huh. on the fusible web and on your fabric. Right. And, and then, then you trim seam allowances. You cut a little slit in your fusible you turn. web. You turn it. And you have a finished edge. Right. Or, you know, a very, a, you know, a, a turned, turned edge. There we go. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Thank you. A turned edge. Uh, and so that can be nice in certain right. applications. Right. Okay. The Yeah, but the... The Misty Fuse is very lightweight, right. um, but it is a good option for your lighter weight stuff or your knit right. stuff. And not exactly to back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's so much. This, right. This <laughs> getting shapes yeah. is very important. And having paper to draw them on or stabilize the fabric, you can use. So say you're going to use Misty Fuse, but to get my shape, what I might do is I might fuse butcher's paper onto the back of that fabric. So I have something to draw on, and it cuts and it holds it for me. You would temporarily... It's a temporary fuse. Freezer paper, not butcher paper, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Freezer paper. Did I say butcher paper? I think I did, yeah. I I can use butcher paper. (laughs) I can also use butcher paper. I could use um, computer paper. I could use... all. You know, similar types of stip note notebook paper, say yeah. or whatever, and I could spray it with a fusible glue. There you go. Okay, that would release later. That's temporary, and I could put that on my fabric, draw on the back of it, and cut with that. But I'm I'm what I'm doing is making sure my shape is nice and concise. Yeah. So if you're cutting out like a complex right. sort of let's envision like a florally pattern or something, right. it can distort. While you're right. cutting or right. whatever. So, yes, it you so, can temporarily give the fabric more. So, on ease. a knit or a lycra, uh-huh. I will use a, a fixative, a spray yeah. fixative, a spray glue that is temporary and put butcher paper, say, yeah. on it. You know, I could use wax paper, too, or whatever, or computer paper. And I will delineate my shape. Yeah. I will cut it out, and then I remove Peel it. Away. All right, I will peel that away. But then I have my nice, clean edges that I'm going to. Because on knits, I'm going to do a raw edge applique. So ZD's talking about 
temporarily giving your fabric more stability. stability. And right. I mean, I think that's good for knits, but also maybe for some shifty cottons. That well, are well, anything except on the reason know. I'm saying knits is because I don't want to apply oh, sure. heat. Yes, yes. So on the knits, I can use something that's fusible with heat, or yeah. I mean, on cotton. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is something I don't want to apply heat to, I guess good, I said knit. I, yes, good. But something that I don't want to apply. So if it was a fabric that had some sort of rubbery like or plasticky or something on it. Or, or it's velvet. Um, or it's velvet. It. Anything I don't want to apply heat to, I'm going to use a spray fixative that's temporary. Okay. And then you can also use that spray fixative, and we'll get back to this. Yes. To actually put your appliques on your base right. fabric. To fixative them yes. on the other piece. So if right. you can't, so we were talking about, right, like you said, fusible web. Right. Okay. But what if you can't fuse? You could use a spray so adhesive. So why I wouldn't use heat is because I couldn't use heat. Yeah. Heat's okay. nice, isn't it? If you right. Can use heat's it. nice. Heat makes it real stable, real, you know, it's less temporary. You know it's going to hold. Any of the other spray fixatives will lift. Right. You know, they will lift before you can get it sewn down if you're not careful. And I think somebody might wonder about Wonder Tape or other washable right. tapes and stuff. And I don't think they're always – I mean, I'm not going to say you can never use them. But I don't think they're always your best bet for applique. I think you need the shape. Yeah. I think you like, need nice the outside shape. Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't skimp here. Yeah. I don't skimp on things. Right. You know, um, if I'm putting the work into it in my time, now, I want it to look good. We mentioned patches in the mending episode. Right. I have used Wonder Tape to maybe something like that. That's right. Stiffer, because, well, different story. And usually those patches are very stiff yes. and they are not going to contort on mm -hmm. you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like just a fabric patch. Right. right. Okay. So that, I guess that sort of addresses fabric in the sense of. You know, heat or no heat. In our glue options. Right, right. I mean, that would be the big thing is can you use heat or can't you use heat? Yeah, that's in the... And yeah. then I think what we need to address with fabric is what kind of fabric do we fuse together? Like, what would you... What, what kind of fabric is your applique and what kind of fabric is your base? Okay, well, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about that. Our friends at L.A. Finch Fabrics are back to sponsor Sewing Out Loud. Josie and her team source high-quality garment fabrics from the Los Angeles Garment District and sell them at great prices online. Go to LAFinchFabrics.com and use code SUMMERSALE, all one word, to get 20% off everything on the site, including sale items, now through August 31st, 2019. The discount is applied to your fabric subtotal and doesn't apply to shipping and tax, but L.A. Finch offers free shipping within the continental U.S. for orders over $99. They've got a fabulous selection of garment fabrics, ranging from lightweight rayon chalet to active and swimwear. You'll see pictures of both of us in the fabrics on Instagram and Facebook. Remember, go to LAFinchFabrics.com and use code SUMMERSALE for 20% off site-wide. Thanks, Thanks, L.A. Finch, Finch Fabrics. Fabrics. Sew, sew, sewing out loud. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. We're back. Okay. Uh, and so what what fabrics are you using for your base and what are you using for your appliques? Okay. So this would be I don't want any rules. This would be ever. the rule to start with. Okay. Okay, to think about. I don't want my applique fabric to be heavier than my base fabric. Yeah, except then I'm like envisioning kind of a faux burnout velvet something where I use like a sheer and then I applique mm -hmm. something else. But you're right. To start out with, this is a good rule. Well, you have to, what I'm saying is you have to know that that base fabric is going to support yeah. that applique. No, I'm just totally So if you contrary. did take a sheer <laughs> and you tried to applique uh, a velvet on it, it's going to have to be a pretty hefty sheer. Yeah, okay. And let's talk about, I don't know if we're ready to get here yet. Cause okay. It, I lied. The person who said they didn't know how to applique was totally right to wait because there is so much to talk about. <laughs> there really is. Um, so while you're appliquing, and we'll get back to stitches and threads and right. stuff like that, you've got your applique fabric, which is probably lighter than your base fabric. And you got your well, base or fabric. Well, or the not same. Not lighter. Or the, or the same. I would say the same weight. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then what do you have under there while you're stitching this stuff? You're going to have to have a stabilizer. Almost you're always, adding everybody. A, you're going to be adding all these stitches. Yes. You want something to hold that nice and flat. Yep. Don't skimp here. Now, Don't can it be done? It can, because I've done it. Yeah. Okay, when I didn't know what I was doing, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you really, when you are appliquing, it is great to put a stabilizer back there. And I've right. recommended this before. The Sulky, totally stable, very lightweight. Right. Tear away. It can be fusible, too. It can be so fusible. you can fuse. You can fuse the whole thing. Yeah, you yep. can fuse the whole thing. You could fuse little parts of it. Da -da. And then this stuff comes away completely. So the fusible right. web stays there forever. Um, This tear away is going to come off, then it's not going to be in your quilt or on your t-shirt or on your whatever, right. you know. Well, and I'm I'm and I'm going to break a rule. Yep. Okay. So if I'm doing knits, yeah, I don't always use a stabilizer. Right. But I have my hands around that, mm -hmm. and I'm holding it down, and I'm being very careful. And honestly... And that is a skill. You got really good at that, and I think maybe stabilizer would have helped me a little bit while I was I think, doing it. I think that you really... It's, I think it's very personal, personal. there. It's, it's in technique... And also, it's going to depend on the fabric. Yeah. If I've got a very what lightweight knit, knit yeah. mm -hmm. okay, I might do a stabilizer. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about you got your shape. It is fused. You're sprayed. You right. have a stabilizer. Are we ready to talk about stitches and threads? Is there anything you'd like to add I before th that? I, th I think we can. We can always we go can off always, on a tangent or come back. We can always go back. Okay. We can always, yeah. 
with okay. Guy's Bicycle Backwards here, Traditional sewing machine applique, like the, the kind of the first stuff that everybody started doing, I feel, was satin stitch applique. Mm-hmm. Am yeah. I right? I think so. Be- or, oh, well. I mean, straight stitch. There was an open zigzag a lot of people did. Oh, just, well. You know. Okay. Well, we'll get, we'll so, get to that, too. Especially open zigzag, I think you saw a lot on, um sports garments like yeah. where they were doing okay. lettering sure so it wasn't always a satin okay. stitch it wasn't always filled in but the reason i wanted to bring up the satin stitch is because it was truly an art yes to adjust and use your sewing machine to yes. get these beautiful satin stitches there's the sample that i think is still around here of your roses thing your class that you taught yeah so she's got this fabric that has roses on it and then she has the letters r-o-s-e-s which give you lots of curves and lots right. of ev- you inside know, corners, corners outside corners inside, yeah inside corners inside outside curves corners, outside curves all that appliquing around and then you had like a heart and a square on it okay yes. this sample and it had the stabilizers exposed so you could see what right. was going on okay so the art here was really getting this nice even look right and this has now transferred into the world of machine embroidery where it's all digitized right. and it doesn't take as much work. But, and it's still, it's still a, um, you know, it's still something that requires skill and knowledge. But the thing I wanted to bring up was when Linda Turner worked for us and she was doing, she was way into machine embroidered applique. Right. I mean, it was on every grandkid thing and she made a yep. new grandkid thing every hour of the day. Okay. Couldn't pass anything down. Nope. Oh, applique, applique. Okay. Okay. She said she was in an online forum and that someone who was younger said that they like run into someone else's work and it was satin stitch and she said she said she did it on a normal sewing machine and I know she was lying because <laughs> a normal sewing machine you know can't right. do that it had to have been an embroidery right. machine I was like oh she hasn't seen our roses sample okay That's right. so so here this version of applique you'll see it with letters on sweatshirts. Okay, right. I'm picturing like the fraternity sorority right. shirt. Right, right. Yeah, your Greek letters, yeah. whatever. And what's the stitch that you use? Well, it's a zigzag. Uh huh. But what is it called when you make it real short and beautiful and that use it? It would be a satin stitch. Satin when stitch. When it's filled in and it looks like a piece of satin, it's nice and shiny. So on this, too, you should be using an embroidery thread that has a sheen to it. Most people want a sheen. It really lays a lot nicer. So even it if you, nicer, if you're like, right? I hate shiny stuff. Okay, if you try to use a construction thread, right, it will not look as nice. It gets a little bulky. It gets a little fuzzy. And and the other thing is, it 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 just doesn't lay right. And no matter what, you better be using a lighter weight embroidery uh, bobbin thread. Yeah, and there are cotton embroidery right. threads that are lighter weight that won't give right. you the sheen right, That's right. That's okay right. so you're using this lightweight thread right a lightweight bobbin or even a lighter weight bobbin right, right? okay um and a needle that's appropriate for this right and you make your zigzag very honestly short. a 90 universal uh-huh will work oh really on most like cotton type fabrics i like the 90 because I like the piercing. Yeah, you do. You're getting because, through layers, well, right? Well, you're piercing through layers. Yeah, lots of layers. So when you're doing this satin stitch, what you're doing is your, le- your left needle puncture should be on all layers, correct? Okay. So, sure. So it is, 
and then your right pierce should be just off the edge, which we, what we refer to as burnishing the edge. So this would to burnish means to like smooth out or rub out or you know go lightly over the edge of so something. So this is like old school machine applique this is, rules. This is old school. Yes, okay. and this you might need this. Yep. If your machine embroidery screws up, and you need and to you do gotta, this, yep. and you take it off and everything, and all of a sudden you oh, see this little gap. I've had to fix something like yep. that before. I didn't notice that, like it hadn't started stitching, right. and I'd unhooped it. Oh yeah, right, for sure, right. for sure. Or it can, you know, can get ripped out, or something can happen. This satin stitch, this is going to bring us back to kind of right. stabilizer and stuff. The satin stitch is very. I mean, even though you're using that lighter weight thread, it's a bulky stitch. It starts to build up. That's why you want the lighter threads, yes. too, and under, from underneath. You'll also, oh, this is something that we didn't uh, think of or didn't write down, your foot, your presser foot. Yes. You can use a special presser foot for this, which you may want to do, okay? My favorite. What I was just going to ask. My absolute favorite <laughs> is an open toe. Open toe, okay. Now, you can use a clear plastic but what I want to tell you is the plastic distorts. What you about know, a clear plastic open toe foot? No, <laughs> And that's okay, too. Clear plastic open toe or a metal open toe, either one. But I prefer the open toe. Okay. And these and usually they will. That's actually what it's called. It'll be called an open, open toe, toe embroidery or an open toe open satin toe applique stitch foot or, or something. Okay, right. And they will often have little red marks, yep. you know, showing on there. So you can adjust your stitch width and get your landmarks and stuff. Um also, applique feet, or it'll be called an embroidery foot, because remember we talk about decorative stitches used to be called embroidery. Right. Okay. And your baby lock land, it's an N foot is kind mm -hmm. of this. Right. Uh, it's not the open toe foot, but it's your embroidery right. foot. It has more space under the foot. It if has you, a channel. If you turn the foot upside down, you will see a channel that your stitching is allowed to go through. Right. So that you're going to get a nice, smooth feed, and nothing's going to distort that stitching that just happened. Yep, it'll progress. It won't right. build up. So if you try to use your all-purpose foot or your J foot, you might have you might get buildup. Uh, how short is this stitch? It's really short. It might be like 0.2 millimeters uh, long. It might okay. be one It depends. Well, 0.1, not just one. You know, so yes, yes. anyway, yeah, so very, very short, but you're going to, what are you going to do? Test, test, gonna test, test, and you're going to test on exactly the same kind of sample you're going to stitch on. Yep. Because every fabric's different, every needle's different, every thread is different. The other thing I want to bring up, we mentioned using stabilizer, but this is what I used to do during a sit-down delivery that I'm pretty sure like you told me to do, is I would have... The student, after we'd done a few things, we'd thread with embroidery thread, and we would make a satin stitch. Right. And we would just sew over two layers of this that drapery lining fabric. Right. So, a, you know, pretty lightweight cotton. Right. And they'd do a satin stitch. And it would look fine, but the fabric would tunnel up uh -huh. within that after, you know, an inch or so, inch or two of stitching. And then I would take, I'd say, okay, cut your thread. Do you like how that looks? No, it's, you know, I don't like it. Yeah, okay. So then we'd just put one layer of tearaway stabilizer underneath, and we'd do the exact same thing. And then it looked like a piece of satin ribbon. That's right. And I would try to say to this person in my most memorable, memorable voice, we did not change the tension. We did not change our, you know, our bobbin tension. We didn't change our top tension. We didn't change anything. 
all we did was added a piece of stabilizer and it looks so much better right so it's not always the machine that's malfunctioning okay when you get right. some kind of stitch like that it can be your materials right right it can be your tools your materials yes. the other thing you want to know about your satin stitches and usually most technicians i believe give you a sample of a zigzag or a satin stitch uh sewn out when you get your machine back from being serviced sometimes you'll get one in a new machine whatever but your bobbin thread in these instances isn't always the same color and doesn't have to be. I used to make sure it wasn't the same color as my top thread. Um, but yeah. what you will note, what you so go ahead and stitch out your satin stitch on your two layers of fabric and your stabilizer. And when you turn it over, you should see top thread coming through on the bottom. It can be as much as a third to a half of a different of the top color showing on that satin stitch on the back and that is correct especially if you that use, is your that is correct especially if you use a lighter weight bobbin yes i mean even if you use the yes. same weight so, so yes on these models so you're going to see the top color right come to the bottom come to the bottom that's the way you want it otherwise you could see bobbin thread right on the edges of that stitch on the on you know the top on the public side of your fabric you don't want that so this is without any adjustments. No. This should yeah. happen. Yeah, especially on the more modern this machines. This should be yes. your normal stitch. Okay. So I don't know how much we want to get into. I don't think we should get into a bunch of like how to do corners and inside curves and outside curves with the satin it's stitch. It's kind of hard to do if you're not visually doing it and with someone. it's, you know, it's not... I, I think we should move on to other techniques. Well, I guess you know, I, I the one thing I would like to insert here, yeah. a little information, is if you have a machine with a knee lift and you're not using it and you don't think it will help you, when a knee lift is where it raises your presser foot for you without taking your hands off of your project, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, know, you hit this lever with your knee and it lifts your presser foot. That's what kind of knee lift we're talking about. If you have that and you're not using it in this instance, you're wasting time. You're really missing out. That is the one thing that when you pivot, when you pivot in and out, I mean, this is the one thing. I actually started, you know, machine applicating without a knee knee lift. I didn't have a machine that had a knee lift, okay? Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. And then I got one. I could go at least twice as fast. Oh, maybe even more. Well, you have to. You don't have to move your hands. You don't have to readjust anything when you have a knee lift. Right. Like in the, in this way, I mean, you can you get to move your fabric, but you were going to do that anyway. Right. So I guess you know, I like I said, didn't want to get too far into that. You know, the subtleties of how to do corners and all that jazz. But some modern machines will have a pivot function that's handy for applique, where you stop sewing. And it sinks your needle down and raises your presser foot immediately. So you actually don't have to use the knee lift. So you can immediately turn the fabric. I don't always like this because I don't always want my foot to go up when I stop my machine. But I would make your machine end with the needle down for applique. I do like needle down. Especially if I might have to stop or whatever. I would almost say that's a 99.9%. I can't. That's When I taught it, that's what I told everybody they should do. Okay, so... I want to move on to some of the more unconventional appliques. And if you have are a zigzag member or have 
ever considered becoming one, we did a video on how to do this type of knit applique that can be useful for costumes. Uh, so ZD did it on our aerial costumes, and I was like, oh, that's great. And then I ended up doing a ton of it on Zelda's Halloween costume when she was Lightning McQueen. Right. Which I almost forgot about. Okay. I, <laughs> which, but, keep that for that little that's boy. That's right. Yep. Yes. Well, I think Zelda can still wear it. The jacket right. was really big on her, so she might right. be Lightning McQueen again. Um, <laughs> the other thing I'd like to say about oh, stitches, sure. one more thing, oh, sure. is you can use a decorative stitch to oh, applique sure. also. Um, you could use an open stitch like your blanket stitch, or you could say use a scallop stitch where the the straight edge is on the outside uh-huh. and the scallop is on the inside. Well, people want us to do an episode on your crazy quilts, uh-huh. and so we'll really talk we about that. We can show that for yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll be right. good. Um, so anyway, this knit applique, though, I think this is really... What do I want to say? A lot of people are working with these fabrics right now. And I it's see very relevant. I have seen a ton of tutorials yeah. that will so screw you up. I, I mean, yes. they will yeah. screw up your garment. You'll, you may even think it's okay until you go to put that garment on. So what's the most important thing? Maintain the stretch. Okay. I didn't and get yeah. so <laughs> so if I have if I have a knit garment. I probably don't want to applique on a woven fabric to it. I've just stabilized that whole area. Probably not. I mean, there might be some instances. If it's really small, if it doesn't, if you don't need the garment to stretch a lot in that area. If you don't need the garment to stretch, area, sure. Yes, but you do, if you need that garment to stretch, you need to think about maintaining the stretch. So I have seen some sort of like scanty costumes where I'm like oh it's okay to have like a little bit of woven here and there because there's just not a lot of woven fabric on there and then Zelda's costume was this very baggy jacket right where it actually didn't need to stretch yeah exactly so there but it did but it did (laughs) but there are those there are those instances so what I have seen for instance is someone making the Wonder Woman shirt Uh say or a Batman shirt and they've made the shirt skin tight, and then they put a woven, woven. bat or a woven W, and then the shirt doesn't fit. And they can't get it on. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So yeah. that needs – now, if it's a T-shirt where the only stretch that's really important is that you've made a little ease for comfort, and it goes over your head just fine, and you want to put a woven on there, that would be okay. Sure. But if you're trying to maintain that st- – for instance, the aerial costumes are skin. They're, oh, yeah, they're, they're another tight. layer of skin. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a ton of applique on them. Yes. A ton. So I have to maintain my stretch. I have to put stretch fabric on stretch fabric, and I have to use an open zigzag to hold it on so that it will stretch in all four directions. And we did it. We did an episode on your aerial costumes back when you made these. And then, like I said, that video uh, for the zigzaggers is a pretty good one, just explaining the type of glue you used, really demonstrating how you hold your hands around those appliques. And I think we discussed how you pivoted and all that jazz too. Now, right. We talked, we we did. We talked about going down to a narrow, narrow point. Yes. And how I covered that point as I stitched and all that. So you're burnishing those edges. Right. Um, You, you were stabilizing while you cut. Um, And I love your, we have, we have your samples here just 
around. I, I made a bunch of samples just to see what they would look yeah, like. The, doing the different so color. I first started like trying to figure out technique, and then I was doing color combo combos and shapes, so they're like all over the studio. Yeah, now. it's it's really fun. Um, so anyway, that kind of applique is another, you know, place where having the right stitch right. is going to make all the difference, even though it does kind of the opposite of that traditional machine so, applique. And just so y'all know, when I post something and I have like dot sequin, lycra dot sequin that I am appliquing on holographic um, lycra, it'll work. I've done it. And you, you don't have to tell me it's hard to work with. Been there, done that, know how. I I mean, everyone. This is just, kind. Of, this is just, just funny, kind of funny for us. It's just funny for us. Sometimes One time when Zidi this happens, posted, she's like, "Oh, working on new costumes." And, and I people, just had these little piles of fabric that right, I took a picture like, of. That's really hard to work with. You're gonna have a lot of trouble. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They can be hard to work with, but Zidi can handle it. Uh, so anyway, but you know what? Not if you know how. That's right, and it's. I mean, not... I mean, you know what? I that I remember that particular post. Uh-huh. I had. I had, it was these fabrics right here, actually, of the sample. And one was the mesh, yeah. you know, with the the um, holographic sequins on it and holographic this and holographic dot this and that. And and I have it down. Okay. It was the simple. It, it went so easy. They fit so well. I don't you know, know if we're using, it like, just looked well. really nice fabrics. Or well, now that might be true too. We also have nice machines for sure. Yeah, I know we do. I use new needles, new needles, but like and good thread. Okay, on a leotard, and you made a unitard. Okay, this is a unitard. So that's like a lot of seams. Okay. Well, and I had you know, I had basically like color blocking. There was applique, right? I mean, I want to talk about your needle gumming up. How uh-huh. often did it happen? You know. It does not gum up. It doesn't seem like on the the lycra dot sequin like, like it, it does, does on, on that sequin mesh stuff. Ah. You know that that dot yes. sequin that it's on oh. like that mesh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has more glue. I don't know if it's applied differently. Well, I don't know if it's a different glue that product. Dot sequin we well, have. Well, it's old, but it's the same <laughs> as the new stuff. Yeah. I mean that that you know. I just wonder. I if remember technology some. Has I improved. do remember someone coming in and asking me how to do a buttonhole on that stuff, and I said, "Let me show you what we're gonna do." Uh, uh, um. So you put the button on the outside, and then you put a snap behind it. There That's you how go. you do a buttonhole on that. I tried to embroider on it that one time. Terrible. Yeah. Mistake. So. That is something, if you're working with something like that, and, and that doesn't have to be just applique, but anything where something's been applied with glue and you think you're getting, you know, we keep um, alcohol swabs in our <laughs> studio and we wipe our needles down. Okay, you can also get needles that are lubricated. Okay, like a denim needle actually has. Be careful about lubricated because there's something called, uh, like, yeah, I'm gonna needle ease or no, something no, 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 that no. I don't like. Yeah, right. okay. When I say yes, when I say lubricated, good. I mean a coating on the right. needle that came on and out of the package. I don't mean spritzing your thread or your needle it's with like, like a Teflonish something. It's yeah, a chemical coating. Right, and so yes, I would agree. I, I'm a little skeptical of those. So, or I'm a little so s- aid. I think is one yeah, of them. Yeah, Stitcher's like aid or something. Yeah. I don't want anything like that going through my machine. Okay, um, personally, if they work for you, they work for you. Great. But, yes, you need to you need to be uh, very careful. But a denim needle actually has 
a coating on it. And then there is some like like the titanium needles from mm-hmm. Schmetz have a coating on them. I'm but, thinking Microtex has some sort of coating. Okay, too. I could remember. And I actually use Microtex with okay, that. But so, now and now yeah. they're coming out with needles though that where they're like these are good right. for these gluey or these stretchy right. fabrics because they will slide through. You right. know, the needle itself is lubricated. So, yes. Uh, and you used embroidery thread on your knits, too. I did. I, yeah. Um, that was um, polyester embroidery thread. Yeah. And I matched basically the color of the applique. The applique. So if it was a silver, I would use, like, a light gray. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And the golds, you know, right. there's gold colors, da, da 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 But these are those holographic knits you're seeing a lot look like, you know, mermaid skin or whatever, or mermaid tails. Uh, okay, is there anything else you'd like to add about applique before we wrap this baby up? Well, now that we have everything, can everyone confused. That's right. It is um, hard. I'm sorry I was wrong. Okay, so what I want to tell everybody, one thing, my first jump into applique, okay. Uh-huh was I wanted to make my mother this shirt that said the little red hen on it because that was her favorite story. And I don't know if you know the little red hen, look it up online. But the little red hen is, you know, goes to make this um, bread and she needs help with the wheat and the harvest of the wheat and all this and the grain. And no one will help her. And my mother handed out this book to everyone like one holiday, my cousins and everyone, and because she was known as the little red hen, she'd say, get in here and help me, right? I'm I not, think this explains a lot of our, I'm like, not, family. I'm not just, like, the, I'm being not, resentful. I, I'm, not, you know? <laughs> I'm not the little red hen. You have to help me, right? So I took a chambray, um, chambray ready-to-wear shirt, right? Yeah. And I cut out a hen, and I remember the fabric was, like, red bandana fabric for the red little red hen, and I, oh, my gosh, I still have the shirt someplace. It's here. And I appliqued that on, and I cut out each little letter, the little red hen. <laughs> Not on paper. Didn't know what yeah, I was doing. So I'm doing. cutting this out, okay? Oh, sounds great. And I appliqued this all on with construction thread that was probably awful. I'm doing this, you guys, like in 1973 or something, okay? So I gave her this shirt, and I thought, I didn't think she would wear it. And, of course, every Christmas, every holiday, my mother wore this shirt sort of like a jacket, you know, over her other shirt, <laughs> the little red hand shirt. So I did do it without all of these tips, and it was a real bitch. It was, uh, yeah, but it was a hit, right? <laughs> and it, it was and it's hit. still intact. She, she only wore it on holidays. All so. right. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. You can contact us uh, on Instagram. We're at SoHereCom. You can join our Facebook group. There's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us. You can email me at Mallory at SoHere.com. ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 